This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Praise God. So good things happening. I have to share just a few testimonies on the road. Um, last year I got to, the Lord kind of dealt with us uh, about something that we are kind of new for us, but we're taking something mobile and it's called the Go Team Project. And all it is is that we're just locking in with churches that believe uh, that we should do the Great Commission, that we that souls are important. You think that's important? I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of a command, right? Like it's a big deal. Reach and teach, reach and teach. So we we're big reachers and we teach a little bit, but we like to reach. We're more reaching, so we like to stir up the reachers, and we simply like to say it like this: We help people put the go in the gospel. Did you ever notice that? First two letters are go. I mean, it's real simple. Without the go, it's just a spell. We need the gospel, the gospel. Come on. Come on. A lot of people out there not going with this stuff. It was made to get on our lips. It was made to share. And so our part of our gift with the body of Christ evangelism wise is getting people saved. But the other one is to get Christians stirred up to win souls. Get them so excited that right after service, they're at Walmart going in Jesus name. No, not like that. But kind of close. Yeah, I think I got one right there. Yeah, if you ever want to start a ministry, go to Walmart at two in the morning. Come on, somebody. You will have a deliverance ministry. You will have, you know what I mean? Counseling sessions. You can just pull it. We know somebody in Kingman that got so fired up about this go team thing that they're like, they're in Walmart three hours every time they go. They're a retired couple and they just spend three hours corner to corner working Walmart. Come on. Fishing Walmart, man. They said one time they were like security was watching cameras, you know, cause there's things going on, like hands coming out and like, you know, Jesus. And it's so cool. Wouldn't you like to see that video, right? I'm going to try to get that and show it. Here's a go-teamer right there at Walmart. Like a live cam shot of a, of, some, of a salvation going down right now. Right? Wouldn't that be cool? A live video of somebody witnessing. I mean, we got all these things about this. And so we're just excited to be able to go to different states, different territories, regions, counties, cities, and give people the opportunity to know that they have the power on the inside, but it was created to get to the outside. Come on. Come on. So that's our goal and heart. So North Dakota, we did a Go Team project there. This particular church kind of just didn't have uh, much evangelism going on at all. There was a lot of good preaching, a lot of teaching, real heavy on the teaching side. But then when the teaching and the Go Team thing came together, we had an explosion. Come on, somebody. Boosh. So everything they were taught, now we put some application in there, and the go thing, just the go team project up there just hit, 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 I'm not didn't hit, it just exploded is what I said, yeah, it just went boom, okay. And so when we were there, um, all it was was a light training, and then we decided that we felt led, we were going to go out into the community, and so the go teams does this, we have go teams that go to coffee shops, how many know people need saving at Starbucks, come on. And where? And you can get coffee. Uh, how many know Walmart? Okay, Walmart. Home Depot? Come on. <laughs> Amen. Lowe's, you all got Lowe's out here, right? No, no, Lowe's, some of that, some of that. Um, we found out laundry mats were super ripe for the harvest, like going into the hardcore areas. And then one of my all-time favorites, gas stations. Oh, gas stations are so fun. Get those tracks out, too. And so we just train by 
the Lord has a specific purpose for everyone to do something, whether it's planting or watering. We all are in this together, right? So we do planting seeds, which would be a track. Some people aren't real vocal, so, you know, we would uh, drop a track somewhere. And I got one right here. It's called 86,400. means there's 86,400 seconds in one day, but it only takes 30 seconds to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Simple, right? It's not one of those big 10-page books. Like, oh, I'm good. You know what I mean? So when I'm at Starbucks, I just do this. Plant a seed. Come on. I just released the kingdom. You didn't get excited. Some of you, oh, come on. Some of you thinking, that's so nerdy. That's so 70s. It's a seed that's planted. Come on. And so what's fun about that, the Lord just took it to another level with me. I would plant a seed. Then I'd go over here to another chair. I'm watching my seed. We call that creeper go team seed. Come on, somebody. Woo! We just get in there. We watch that thing. And sometimes people will be like, because I'll, I'll do it on purpose, too. You know, like, I'll really drop the thing, you know, like, be obvious about it. And then I'll, they'll kind of, after I, they think I leave, I'm out in the car looking or something. They're like, <laughs> I've had people do this. <laughs> like I planted a bomb or something. They're like, I've had them go like this and like, you know, some of them throw them away. But then there's those. Wow. Tears start coming. Wow. Had it happen twice. One was a Walmart in Branson. Then I go up to them. Can I pray for you? I put that there. I don't know you. But Jesus does. And He just got in your way by that little track. Can I pray with you right now? And we have church right at Walmart. Come on. Come on. And I didn't forget about Barstow, but we got Espanola. Espanola. Espanol. One in Spanish. Come on. How many know the Spanish people? Mexicans need Jesus too. Come on. We need to tear the walls down, not build them. Let's go. Come on. Amen? So I don't know. These are cool, right? So we we get this team up there. They've never really gone out on the street, and they're all excited, but they're really word people. Like, oh, man, I mean, yeah, they're quoting, and they're confessing and claiming, and now it's time to go to work. Time to get out. Put the go in the gospel. I'm all excited because the Lord shared with us. And all of a sudden, we get 24 people. That hit Bismarck, North Dakota. Come on, hit Bismarck. You get that? Hit it, man. We're out there hitting cities, right? On purpose. Wow. So I'm with the pastor. Pastor's kind of like, yeah, everybody can pass out tracks. This is great, man. We'll hang out. He goes, I feel led to go to a truck stop. I thought, that's a great idea. Great idea. So we're driving and we get to the truck stop. And all of a sudden he goes, I feel led that I want to give... Because part of our training is acts of random kindness or random acts of kindness. I guess either way you want to say it. But just to do nice things for people. How many know that's good? They'll know us by our works and fruit. Good works, right? Good work. And so he goes, I feel like whoever we're going to meet, we're going to bless the waitress. Because we're just going in for coffee. We don't want to be cheapskates, right? We want to do $50 tip. Bam. We're just 
bless her socks off for two cups of coffee, right? And so we walk in, and they seat us at this bar. Well, right next to, on the corner of the bar, there's this guy. I don't know what the deal was, but anybody remember Boxcar Willie? I know it's going way back, but he wore this weird hat with a bunch of pins on it, like from every state that he was in or whatever. Well, this guy had a hat like that, like all these pins. He had a little propeller on top. It was just weird, like, but yet I was kind of drawn to him. So I sat right beside him. Big beard, kind of a gruff guy, you know, not saying nothing. And here comes the light. Here we come walking in, right? Like with our little tracks and our stuff. And so then I noticed the waitress. Now she comes up to us. She says, what would you guys have? And, she, and we said, like, well, I'll take two cups of coffee with, with light cream. And you could tell in her she got irritated because she's thinking money, right? Tips like, oh, man, you know, cups of coffee. That's going to be like a $2 tip. These guys look cheap. I don't know. <laughs> she didn't say that. But it was like, Wow. But what we were about ready to do was going to change the whole atmosphere. Remember that scripture? Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. Come on. When you got something and you know you got it, it's easy to give away. Come on. It's fun to give away too. And so... All of a sudden, here's how the Holy Spirit is beginning to work. Now, we've got other teams. There's a hospital team out there, coffee team. I mean, we're just hitting the city. This is just our little sphere right here. Right before that, we dropped like 30 of these at coffee pots in the gas station over here. We're just dropping stuff. I mean, they're looking at us like, what are they doing? But anyway, we're sitting there. And all of a sudden, I noticed the, the, the waitress's name tag. And the name is of one of my daughter's. That's special because you know why? Because the Lord knew that all along. Because he knew that I would ask and say to her, that's my daughter's name. Wow, it's even spelled the same. That matters, right? If you're a Brian in here, the I matters. The Y Brians are a whole different tribe. We're still praying for them. Trying to teach you highlights. What's a highlight? Highlight reel. Flashes of how the Holy Spirit wants to get in our way to witness and to use our gift and to use different things. So all of a sudden, now the Kayla factor, there's a name Kayla, like my daughter, we've got this thing going on. Hey, Kayla, I'll take a refill. We had like three cups. I mean, we were really going after it because we wanted to, we were working it. And then all of a sudden, we're kind of getting ready to be done. Pastor says, all right, now's the big moment. We're going to release this act of kindness on her. So he's got, you know, 50 bucks. He hands it personally to her. It's kind of all wadded up. He did it real good, too. It was like 20s, 10s, 5s. So it looked like, you know what I mean? Big stuff. And she instantly began to weep. She started crying. And she says, oh, my God. You know, you ever see girls do She goes, I don't know why I'm crying. But this is the best tip I've had in months. She says, I didn't, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. She says, I thought you weren't going to tip me very good. And I said, we knew that. <laughs> but we're here for something else. We're not going to take a lot of your time, but we want you to read this. We want you to see the gospel in 30 seconds. Would you read it? And she said, I'm already saved, but I need to come back to Christ. 
we'll just bless your socks off or what? I want to cry right now. Come on, help me out, everybody. Let's go. But the thrill in her eyes, the hope, we're all called for something. So I'm excited because your church is, believes this way. They're big into discipleship and they're big into go. So if we reach and teach, there's an explosion of something that could really happen. But the church needs to get ready. Because quite honestly, if a hundred people come, could you handle them? We've got to work some things out. We've got training, equipping. And so the go teams is simply just training people in such a simplistic manner that allows you to be you, to, that allows you to be your color, your flavor, and allows you to do what the kingdom of God wants you to do, and that's to release the kingdom's power. And so we've seen this exciting. So this little girl, she reads the track. The pastor called me a couple weeks later. She's born again. She's visiting the church. Come on, somebody. Come on, right? To teach. Now, now, now the teaching can set in, and they can grow and be discipled and get through things. Uh, together, but just even a rewind on that. As we're praying for, or as she's reading this track, I noticed kind of uh, an Indian, okay, Indian, not feather dot, Indian. You know I'm talking about, okay, Indian. Well, yeah, Eastern Indian, because we do a lot of we do a lot of ministry to feather, you know, Indian. So this guy. He's coming in and he's kind of seeing something over here that's happening. Because how many know when the Holy Ghost gets into stuff, like tonight it interrupts, it kind of, it doesn't always look pretty. It's kind of like, whoa, what's going on over there? There's an attraction. You know, the, the, the lights are flashing real bright. That's what was happening in this truck stop. And all of a sudden, in that, this, this guy, and I go over to him. Now, I'm all psyched up and I'm all jazzed up. This is going on over here. This lady's crying and five of the waitresses came out of the kitchen. They're going, oh, my God. And all of a sudden, I go over to this guy and I sit in the booth. It looked like he was alone, like he hadn't been around a human being in so long. You know how many truckers in here tonight? Any truckers? I used to truck. Pastor, you former trucker, me too. But it can be a lonely life. The long haul truck driver. Well, I sat right in front of him and he just looked at me. And I looked at him. And yes, there was an awkward moment. It's kind of weird, I have to admit. But I just said, hey, we were just over there praying with the waitress. And I said, I came over here because I believe that there's something I need to tell you about your future. He just looks at me like I'm half nuts. And I'm thinking I'm half nuts too. I'm like, whoa. But sometimes you got to move out on these things. And so I began to speak to him and I said, you know what? I just came to tell you that Jesus loves you. And this guy. He's got his own big coffee cup. He's got one hand on that and he's going. He gets born again right there. I lead him in a prayer. All the glory to our great God. All the glory to our great God. But I'm beginning to find out that this is very addicting. It's very fun. It's very uh, empowering. And it's why we were created. We were created to do something for Christ and the gospel. So it's fun times. Um, so after that scenario, we get back to the church. And now all 24 people who on purpose got together to do this go-team thing, 
were so excited. I have not seen the body of Christ so excited in these 24. You could just hear them. Oh my God, we gotta wait. We gotta wait for testimony time. I can't tell you, but I want to. Oh my gosh, the girls over here. Oh, you should have seen what happened out there. And I'm like, what? How many know we need to bring the party back into the church? Huh? We need to be the ones dancing. We need to be the ones shouting. We need to be the ones that say, I'm taking my kids back. I always do that lately. It's like, ooh, a boxer or something. Anyway. Amen? Power of God on the inside. But it takes one thing. Boldness. Power of the Holy Spirit. Two things. Those two things. And so now they're all excited. They're yapping and yapping. And finally, we just calm them down. Okay, everybody, calm down. Like, we gotta, we're going to do this. We've got to have some structure here. And so all of a sudden, each team had a core leader, and they began to share what God did out there. One team of girls. Come on, girls. It's always the, it's always the girls, man. Watch, watch. Come on, man. That was pretty good. But could you tell they were trying to be hard? Like, you know, there's some men out there with high voices. Come on, bring it up. Bring it up. Yeah, come on. Arriba! We could do something. We could do something. That's the new call in Barstow. We're going to hang out at that train down there. But these ladies... I mean, just jazzed for Jesus. I mean, almost drunk in the Holy Ghost in this thing. We're calming them down. They said they walked into a Starbucks and a bunch of college girls were hanging out. And the one lady just rolls up and she says, I got something to tell you. And it's good news. You need a break and I'm going to buy all you coffee. I'm like, okay, it's like 10, like a, you know, a bunch of coffee. So she goes and buys a coffee, lays it out. And she goes, do you mind if I just sit with you? I want to read with you at this table. And they're like, no, go ahead. Cause why? She bought them coffee. If it's that easy, come on. One cup of coffee and a salvation a day, keep the devil away. Come on. Woo! Come on. Maybe it's a burger. Maybe he's telling you to go to Tom's. In and out. I don't know. Maybe you got a Burger King ministry. Come on. Walk in like you got the king on your side. Come on. Just say, we're going to do it our way. Come on. Woo! Some of you got in and out burger status. We're going to get in and we're going to get out. We're going to hit hard and go. Okay, anyway. Getting excited. Getting excited. Because we got the go inside of us. Come on. Come on. It's stirring us up. So these ladies, man, they're like, oh. So they're all sitting there drinking coffee. And all of a sudden, this lady stands up, one of the core leaders, and she says, I've got a word for you. She points at this little leader of the group. How many know teenagers always have this little pack leader? They're like wolves. There's a leader, and then there's the followers, right? You know what I'm talking about? Well, this she, she called out by the Holy Ghost, the leader of this little cool pack. And in less than two minutes, that whole table was on their face. The presence of God hit Starbucks. They were, she was praying. She says, can I pray for you? They were stressed out about finals, I guess. And she's like, you got the mind of Christ. The girl's like, yes, I do. And they were just having church at Starbucks. Another girl, another girl pops up and she says, my mom and dad go to a church like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> Come on. Just. Flip that place upside down. Starbucks employees were going. 
Security? I don't know. But in this, when we begin to press and push a little bit, it causes a rift. It causes friction. So many Christians have been silent. We weren't called to be silent. We were called to be sent. Did you get that? Too many Christians anymore. You know, it's been gay pride week or whatever at Starbucks. So, you know, got the Christian over here. Well, I'm not going in there. Bless God. I don't partake of that kind of nature. You know, I mean, the rainbow and everything. They've so perverted the rainbow. Can you even believe it? Bless God. (laughs) Well, guess what I do? I waltz right in there and love the hell right out of them. Come on, somebody. I go up behind that counter and say, boy, I like your short hair today. You looking good. Come on. (laughs) Hey, I like your rainbow on your shirt, sister. Come on, give me some. Give her a five. Woo! I feel like George Jefferson right here. <laughs> when you know what you got, you're going to give it. It don't matter where you're at. Loving on them. The goodness of God will lead people to repentance. It's not the stinky finger that, oh, you did what? I will love you. I don't care what you're doing. The Jesus that I know will chase you down and change your life. You might have a gay agenda, but Jesus has an agenda, and He loves you. So I waltz up in there. I'm talking. I'm getting loud, you know. Hey, I like that rainbow. What does your shirt say? I think it's like we're all together. I'm like, oh, I'm together with you. Woo! Praise God. God bless you. And I, you know, get my little, you know, pike with a little cream, and I, as I'm leaving, I say, may the Lord shine His face upon you. Have a good day. And remember the rainbow. Friction. You gotta come up with this stuff. God's gonna give you one-liners. He'll give you one-liners for people. Levi's good at that. But releasing the power. This Starbucks was so jazzed and so stoked. These ladies were just on fire. One of the little ladies in there, little granny, 74 years old with a bun. Looks like a little Pentecostal lady. All excited. What? She was ministering. This is not age appropriate. Everyone is welcome. The old, the young, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, right? And so... Taking this Go Team project, we know there's an anointing on it. We know there's a a timing for it through teaching, training, and equipping, and then applying these things done the right way, not flaky stuff. We send people out two by two. Did you know Jesus sent them out two by two? There was reasons for that because your anointing begins to work. Remember the pastor and myself? I had the lady's name, my daughter's name, but he had the tip. We worked together. And you'll begin, husbands and wives, this is powerful stuff. If you can lock up and do your thing and go into your favorite places, husband and wife's anointing are fun. Because a wife and a, you know, a girl knows how to talk to girls. Amen. I mean, it's just there's something common. And then a guy to a guy and this kind of stuff. So we do right training. We do good training. And so we're seeing people come into the kingdom, which is so exciting and addictive that I can hardly stand myself tonight. But you're part of it. 
You are a part of it. So if you need salvations in your family, you're sowing into people that are getting people saved. So expect salvation. Amen? Expect infillings of the Holy Spirit. Expect healings. Expect things that we operate in. You have the same anointing and partake in the same anointing when you put your heart into a project. You put your heart into a ministry. Amen? Now some of you are looking at me like, all right. Okay, anyway. So, I got five of these. I don't have any more than five. We're believing for 25 people, 25 bucks a month. All we're asking is if you feel led, and I'm not here, keep your money. We don't want stingy money. We want people that want to sow. Come on. One person. Okay, you know what I'm talking about? You sow, you reap. That's how it works. Did you know that Jesus came for the poor? To preach the gospel to the poor. Listen, my family was so poor, the ducks used to feed us. I mean, they would feed us. We were so poor. We were so poor, we had, we had they always said we had long pockets and short arms. We could never get in there. It's like cheapskate. My grandpa would buy one pizza for 17 of us. You laugh, but we fought over the last piece. It was like, Grandpa, could we at least get two pizzas? No, that'll be enough. He was cutting them in three different squares. If you got the little triangle at the end, you were lucky. You know what I mean? That, look, he'd cut them like this. Somebody would get the crust. Oh, wow. Thank you, Grandpa. You'd mow three acres of lawn. He'd give you a quarter. Here you go. Poor stinks. Doesn't it? I've learned over my life that poor stinks. We were so poor, we had, we had the country of Africa send us donations. Come on. Just kidding. I know it's bad. It's dad joke status, but hey, bear with me. I'm trying to say something. There was an anointing on what pastor was saying. It stirred me up because a man that sows, he is going to reap. Jesus came. It says, for we know the grace of God that he came for the poor so that we could be rich. He took replacement of that. We want you to be a part of good ground. We want your status. We want your financial status to increase so you can have more, so you can have a good supply to do what God's called you to do. Amen. We get more because we want to do more. Is that right? That's how we're getting so much. We're getting to the point where we want to sow 90% and live on 10. We're, we're getting, we're getting there. We're 30% right now. We give away a lot of stuff. And so I just, if you're interested in that, just that, I want you to talk to Barbara. There's Barbara. She will help you. I already asked Pastor about this. He said, no problem. This particular tour, we're putting on quite a few miles, a lot of different things, a lot of costs. But we want you to be a part of this going forward. How many know love offerings are great? They get you out of the boat and lets you get out of the boat. But the monthly support keeps us out of the boat, keeps us walking on the water. Amen? That's kind of what's happening. So good reports from the road, which puts us real quick into a short message tonight. I'm just going to give you one thing. One, or, you know, one little deal in this in this little section here of how we seen Jesus do his evangelistic ministry. Jesus was mobile. He went mobile. Well, tonight we're going mobile. Does anybody remember? I, I can just go back a few years. My mom used to have what what, we, what they used to call a landline. Everybody remember that? Is this yours or mine? Okay. You remember those things? Come on, if you're probably anywhere from 40 and up, you're going to know. Raise your hand, come on. 
How many don't know what a landline is or never seen one? Raise your hand. Okay, so everybody, okay, (laughs) yeah, there's a couple. So we all kind of were in that beginning era of communication where we had this landline thing. And I can always remember when mom would get on the phone, it's when me and my sister did our best work. Come on, does anybody know what I'm talking about? You get into trouble. Because you knew that she knew she could only go about 15 feet with that cord. So we knew if we got out of the 15 zone of 15 feet radius, we could still kind of be naughty. So me and my sister, we'd go, we'd push it right to 16 feet. And she'd be on the phone with like one of our aunts and she'd be like, she'd be coming, I'm going to get you. Oh, you wait. She used to look at you. When I get off the phone, you're in so much trouble. We're over there going, but you got a cord. Can't get us. Well, how many know when that cord, when she was off the phone, we got in trouble. So didn't really matter, but we thought we were doing something. But this cord would limit. The amount of room or amount, the amount of length that my mom could operate. She had 15 feet and that was it. Well, listen to this. When the Holy Ghost came, we went mobile. Can you hear me now? Come on. The landline got cut. Ah, remember the Old Testament? Certain people got the Holy Ghost. I'll pick Elijah. Big man of God. Elisha. Double portion. Moses. Holy Ghost. Just certain people. But then all of a sudden, Jesus comes. The promise of the Spirit. The Holy Ghost and fuego. Gets in there. Starts getting us going. We got, we start getting a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, this power that we keep hearing about is given to us. But without mobility, it's no good. So it can become wasted power if we're hooked to the cord. The New Testament, I like to say it like this, the Old Testament is the corded life. But the New Testament is the cordless life. Because we're mobile now. So, we see this in Jesus' ministry. Acts 10.38. I want to read this real quick. Exhort you. Stir you up. Get you ready for souls. Acts 10.38 says this. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with, help me out, power. Who went about Doing good. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. I want you to notice, Jesus was about doing good. He had to get out and go do some stuff. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't build just like a little shrine or a little thing of himself and said, just come over here and worship right here. You know, bow down to me, just touch my finger on this statue and you'll be healed. No. He didn't have that mentality. Jesus was the inventor of mobility. He liked to move around. Come on, he liked to give people high fives. He liked to touch people. Hallelujah. Didn't he? He was a toucher. He was touchy. He wanted to be around people. How many know social media is dangerous because we don't touch people no more? We don't want to look them in the eye, but we can build this facade of, Oh, look at me. Look what I'm eating. Look at my duck lips. Yo, what is that demonic? Mm. 
good. This generation is so into themselves, we don't want to see your duck lips anymore. Put them away. I've been known to do duck lips once. Selfies. Yeah. (laughs) Two times. I tried it once. It looked really bad. But really, do us all a favor. Jesus went about doing good. Somehow Christians get tricked into thinking, I'm going to church. Well, I'm an usher. I serve. Not that that's bad. You got to. That's the next step. But there's something in some places you go Monday through Saturday. Because God has designed you to be here, to be in your city. And there's some places you've been dodging. Maybe you need to go there. You know what I started doing? I started going to the 99 cent store. We got what's called Dollar General. Come on, somebody. The General. Because I want to do new places. I want to go about doing good. And Jesus, we see in Acts 10, 3, He was anointed to go. Anointed to do. Check this out. There was this certain part in the disciples' ministry, right? So they're with Jesus this whole time. There's miracles breaking out. And all of a sudden, they get the the text message. Jesus is getting ready to text him, and he goes, Okay, guys, you're going out today. I'm taking the day off. It's in Luke 10, Mark 6, and uh, Matthew 9 and 10. All three accounts, Jesus sent them out. Jesus was weaning them off of himself, and he says, this name, you're going to take this name to the marketplace. You're going to take the, you're going to take me out there. I'm giving you authority. Cast out devils. Lay hands on the sick. Pray for people. Jesus' own guys. Can you imagine that call? What? You serious? Did Jesus just call you too? Like we're on our own today? Like what? Yes. We have to get to a place where we're confident with the power that God has given us. And this inside power just needs to get to the outside. So even Jesus' disciples, we see this thing. Luke 10, Matthew 10, I mentioned that. Mark 6. Hallelujah. And so here's Acts 1.8. It says, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be seized with power. And you will be witnesses or messengers to Jerusalem, Judea, the distant provinces, even between Highway 40 and Highway 15. Wow. This power was created for us to be a witness. Now, we use it in different ways in most churches. I was raised in the 80s and 90s where the charismatic movement was rolling and listen, we rolled. You remember those days? We were rolling on the ground and we were jumping from chandeliers and running around buildings. I even ran through a wall one time at a church. like my looked like a cartoon print. <laughs> and I still like doing that. If the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you can't stop them. We need, to, we need some of that refreshing. But what I'm trying to tell you tonight, that there is a power for mobility. 
He's created you to be mobile, created you with the power to move around and to release what you got. Come on, somebody say amen. Okay, so real quick. Examples, cars, airplanes, all these different things were created for us to be more mobile and to be more powerful with him. Amen? I want to show something real quick. I did this little thing. The Holy Spirit highlighted this to me about Jesus. In John, you don't have to turn there because I'm going to go through this little thing. John 4. It says, he left his country. John 5, he went up. John 6, he went over. This is all in the first seven verses of each John. John 7, he walked. John 8, he went. John 9, he passed by. John 9, 7, he sent. John 10, he entered. John 11, he said, let's go. John 12, he came. John 13, he departed. John 14, he says, I go. John 15, I want to abide in you. John 16, he says, I'm going to have to go away. And in John 17, he says, I'm going to bring you the power. (laughs) Jesus was a mover and a shaker. He moved around. And I'm going to tell you something. We are to be the same way. My prayer for you this season this part of where the church is at right now. To understand the power of mobility. The power of God that was created to get on the inside of you. Luke 5 is really a part of our training that we really love to discuss. And Luke 5 is the calling out of the disciples. How many know they were fisher people? There was something about Jesus teaching us about fishing. I don't know if you can rewind in your child's mind right now, but do you remember the first time you caught a fish? Anybody remember those days? Who, who's, who's went fishing before? I know it's kind of like we're in the desert, but it's all right. We used to go to Canada and fish, and it was so exciting. I remember my first fish. It, it, my dad had it, and it got into the boat, and it was flopping around. I was going, oh, my God, what is that thing? And my dad's touching it, and it's got weird scales, and it kind of stinks, and kind of like some Barstow people. Might have tank tops and flip flops, and or might have tank top and cowboy boots or in shorts and stinky, scaly. Oh, but a fish. You have to catch them. And in one time in the disciples' ministry, they went from fishers of fish to fishers. And this journey that they were going on was so exciting because they dropped their nets and it was because they caught, remember all the fish? This great catch. 
boat sinking, net breaking. And it wasn't even about that. It was that they could trust somebody that could catch fish on a bad day. That was the power. I mean, here's professional fishermen having a long day in the, in the fishing thing, but they saw a miracle. But they were brave enough to leave it and trust somebody to catch men. New career. So many of us are bogged down with our jobs. We can't even think outside of our four and no more. I'm just telling you. I was that preacher two years ago, three years ago. I'll just get in the pulpit and I'll preach. Go to the next town. Hallelujah. God changed my life. We moved to Branson. I was like, Lord, why? Came from good Mexican food and good cultures and I'm just with white people now. Come on. Boring. (laughs) Me, though? Walking into my markets back there and a bunch of hillbillies with three teeth. (laughs) Think I'm joking? Rugged country people, white like me, probably like some of my family. He says, I want you to fall in love with this new lake, this pond where these fish are. Because they're poor. They're hurting. They needed a big white boy to fish. I can't go anywhere without sharing Jesus. Town of 10,000, we're believing for revival. We're tightening the buckle in the Bible belt. We're going down fighting. This religious thing is over in our midst. It's not happening taking life to churches and life to places where we're bringing it back to letting it be about people. So I'm sitting here going, here's a new fishing pond. Lord, I gotta, you gotta do something in me to love them. And he began to just melt my heart. Have we lost the burden? So, yeah, so Barstow has some weird people. Big deal. Instead of making fun of them, at least pray. I don't know. I mean, maybe that'll work. And I fell in love with this town back there, and I'm like, gosh. If I can just transfer that love of the Father into cities around the world till Jesus Christ comes back to stir up one person to try to fish. Maybe get a little nibble once in a while. Oh, oh. Thought I had one, but at least I'm throwing some out there. And, and really, you know, with this fishing, fishing needs catching. There's a catching thing to it. So many of us are catching and releasing, but that's why we need the church. That's why we need the discipleship. We don't want to catch and release. We want to catch and keep. Catch and grow. It's Father's heart. Reach and teach. You heard me say it all night. And so it's all about fishing. It's this way of fishing. And with, with really looking at you. Hey. Looking at certain people. I'm seeing bait. 
And because you have the Holy Spirit and power, you're power bait. Come here. Yeah. Just stand right there. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know him, but here's a piece of bait. Sister, you got the glory of God on you. Get up here. Ladies and gentlemen, I forget her name, but I, yeah. Bait. Josh, you're perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, Josh Samples, power bait. Is that you right there? Yeah, that boy. The one that did the testimony. It's Henry, right? Henry? Henry? Ladies and gentlemen, Henry, power bait. All come together. Just kind of bunch up a little bit. Such a big place here. Just get in there. That's good. Each one of these people, if we call them fishers of men and women, have a unique look. Sizes are different. Sphere of influence is different. Places they go is different. Each one of them, if equipped and taught to fish for men and women, can release the power of God only they could do. I can't reach Sister's Pond. Remember, I'm in Branson. Sister might attract a Hispanic, I might say, somebody with glasses, white people, all people, I don't know. Where do you shop? Walmart. Popular. When she goes into Walmart, she's instantly looking for, looking for a nibble. She's walking around, you know, like a like the lure, everybody cast you cast it out. And you kind of go like this and you kind of move it around. So when she's going from aisle to aisle, she's in the grocery aisle. Here she comes. She's looking for people. All of a sudden, she sees somebody. They make eye contact. Whoa. She says, hi. The other person says, hi. Nibble, nibble. Come on. I'm, I'm teaching you how to fish. Hi. Well, how was your day? How was your day? A little bit more. How many know you can't yank it too quick. If you know how to fish, you don't go, oh, I got a nibble, yeah, and then it's gone. There's so many Christians trying to witness like that. You need to know Jesus. Ah! No, I don't. You know what I mean? We got to be tactful. We got to have attractive bait. We got to get our bodies ready. We got to get ready. We got to look good. Come on. You know what I mean? Nibble, nibble, nibble. Then we got Josh. This guy would be deadly in Missouri. I'm telling you. Just the look. The beard. In a good way. Kind of more hipster hillbilly. I like it. Cool worship leader hillbilly. Come on. Slam dunk. I might have to have you come out, brother. We'll just hit the streets a little bit. My point... What she attracts is not probably what he's going to attract. True story. <laughs> True. But on the other hand, no one more important than the other. 
Josh could probably go to a music store. His little sphere of influence wherever he goes. And all of a sudden, somebody like him or a little bit bearded up or what have you comes to Josh and says, hey, you know, what kind of beard balm do you use? I don't know. <laughs> right? am, I, am I on this? Nibble, nibble, nibble. If it's beard balm, go with it. How are we catching these fish? We got Brother Henry over here. Come on, yoked out. Honko, honko. Mucho gusto. Just. <laughs> He's all <laughs> handsome, Latino, dark skin. Is he, is he Latino? Oh, okay, okay. See, <laughs> huh? Attracts somebody with shorts, somebody with the little, the nice shoes. You get me? He goes where he goes. He's out playing. What do you play? Sports or anything? Plays a little hoop and get down, breaking ankles, doing some stuff. He's out there. He's you know he's around these sports things, and all of a sudden. He meets somebody, another homie on the field or on the court. Henry starts releasing friendly stuff, and all of a sudden, nibble, nibble. But if we never cross the line of fear and we don't step into boldness, it's only going to be a nibble. We want to set the hook, right? Because I want him to come here. That's my heart. I want your church to have fresh fish so God can clean them. Miracles break forth. You got my brother over here who started the whole thing. What's your name? Michael. You got brother Michael. Fine specimen of bait. The, the coolest. He makes every mustache in Mexico nervous. <laughs> that is the best mustache I have ever seen in my life. Almost Tom Selleck. Very clean cut. Handsome. We would say mid, mid-life man. I would say a worker, somebody that's worked hard his whole life, knows some truth about working, ain't afraid to tell you about it, and he's a good, honest man. How do I know that? Learning to fish. I'm learning to allow the Holy Spirit to highlight people that have power bait potential. So brother goes into the hardware store or Home Depot. You like that store? I love you, man. You're precious. I could use you in Missouri too. <laughs> you and Josh, we could do something. But brother goes into these aisles and 
pipe section or whatever, PVC pipe or whatever he does. All of a sudden, man, he sees somebody and he says one kind thing. This person responds, nibble, nibble, nibble. Wanted to leave you an example tonight of what bait looks like and what bait can do if done right. Give the bait a hand. Come on. You guys go sit down. Come on. Love you. Praise God. Fishing for men is what we're called to do, and women are involved with this. Big time. I think there's just something the Lord is beginning to drop in our hearts. The Holy Spirit is putting it in there for a reason. And I believe good things ahead for your ministries. The Bible says we all have a ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? That means, the word reconciliation means bring people back into favor with God. Look it up. It's awesome. You have the ability on the inside of you to bring people back into the favor of God Almighty. And I believe tonight with a little activation and a little impartation from this Word, how Jesus was mobile and how this power was designed for us to go out, you're going to win souls this year. Amen? Come on. Hey, one on one. We've created too much. We've complicated this. You know, we, there is big net opportunities. There is outreaches, and that's all good, but we want fruit. Right? And, and the, the best fruit is the ones that you can pick one-on-one. The people you're building relationships with. You know, there's a few people back home that I have to go into the store for two months. I was going to the same grocery store for one guy, and oh, is he cantankerous. Oh, I wanted to just lay hands on him. He was a cart pusher out at this place. But over two months, I would just love on him. I'd bring donuts in once in a while, buy him a coffee. Oh, okay. And you know, I mean, this kind of stuff. Pretty soon after two months, the wall was broke, and now we sit together twice a week and have lunch together at his job. His name's Kelly. 60-year-old cart pusher that just needs a little Brian. He needs a little Josh and a little Michael. Kingdom of God wants you. Stand up with me tonight. Father, we thank you. We praise you. I believe tonight there could be a fish that's in this building that's been swimming around the tank, <laughs> trying to hide under the weeds and the rocks. I'm going to go fishing and running, doing things you shouldn't be doing, things you're embarrassed about, but we're not embarrassed. God's not embarrassed. There's no shame. I just feel like there's somebody here tonight that just says, you know what? I need to know Jesus. I need to straighten my life. With all Christians praying, every head bowed, every eye closed, I'd like to introduce you to the greatest men catcher of all, Jesus Christ. This Jesus Christ did it by love. His power bait was love. He loved you so much that He decided to be obedient to death, even death on a cross. And gave up His life and says, you know what? What Adam and Eve did in the beginning and how they messed up and how they took me out of, took my people out of covenant, I, Jesus, am going to restore hope to mankind. And I'm going to bring fellowship back.
to God through my shed blood. And on top of all of it, I'm going to be able to forgive them of all their sins, all of their wrongdoings, all of their hurts and hang-ups. This Jesus tonight is alive, sitting next to the right hand of God with a tear in his eye that says, I want you, daughter. I want you, son. I want you, father. I want you, mother. I want you, auntie. I want you, uncle. I want you, cousin. He's calling tonight. He's knocking on your door. And you can only be the only one that lets him in. That's you tonight. If you need Jesus, you need to come back to Him. You said, I've been running. I used to know Him. Now I've made these stupid decisions. I don't know what else to do. I'm going to give you hope tonight. You just need to come back. The prodigal son, you need to come home. I'm going to stand on the second step. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org. 